Hey guys, welcome to Unleash Podcast, brought to you by Hidden Gen, where we talk about how to unleash your hidden potential. I'm your host, Yuri Diorgenes, and we have a great episode for you today, featuring actually two uh, amazing guests. Uh, first time we do uh, this format, so Danny and David, thank you very much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're really looking forward to chatting for a little bit. Very good to be here. Thank you. Before we jump into today's topics, we would like to invite you to subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, also, you can find all these episodes at Hidden Gen website, hiddengen.net. And if you live in the DFW area and have not visited Hidden Gen yet, make sure to go to hiddengen.net and get a free trial pass. All right, uh, Danny and David Lamartina. Thanks for being on again, and uh, there's a lot to talk. So let's get started a little bit with your background so the audience knows more about you. So we, uh, we train uh, together. We met actually in, in powerlifting, and um, it's been really interesting, I think, for both of us as a couple to take our individual um, backgrounds with um, all things related to fitness and bodybuilding because we came from very different places. Dave started going to the gym in high school mm -hmm. um, and I started really training hard um, in grad school and we both found powerlifting. Um, we then transitioned to bodybuilding. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and, and an IFBB pro um, and Dave will be competing on the national stage this year mm -hmm. uh, for bodybuilding as well. So um, we come kind of from a pretty wide background. Yeah. And, yeah. and Dave, uh, 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 tell a little bit uh, about you, but I already have a question for you, but go ahead, talk a little bit more about you. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I don't exactly do this for a living, at least not yet. Um, but yeah, I started lifting um, really young in high school, kind of the typical story of I was a fat kid and I didn't want to be fat anymore, and then I just got <laughs> super into lifting weights. Um, competed in powerlifting for about 10 years, 2007 to 2017. Yeah. Um, enjoyed that quite a bit. It was not as good as Danny was, but uh, pretty successful at it. Um, and then, you know, a couple, well, what was that, 20? Yeah, in 2020, we both decided to go to bodybuilding. So we did our uh, our first show, and it's been great since then. Obviously, Danny turned pro, second com competitive season. Um, <laughs> Very I'm trying, quickly. I'm trying to follow her in her footsteps, but it's taken me a little longer. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, we have this business with our coach, Justin Harris, Team Troponin, um, that we're really trying to promote a lot. Um, I've done a little bit of coaching here and there, but we're really kind of, as far as, that, that stuff is concerned, we're really kind of focused on getting more content out like training programs and maybe maybe an app here here and there. Um, yeah. And then my, my day job for now is as a software developer. I've been doing that for about five years now. So uh, yeah, I work for Amazon. Oh, look at that. Another, another IT guy because I, I work for Microsoft for the past seven, yeah, for the past 17 years in the cybersecurity field. Yeah. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. I think what's been really interesting for us with our backgrounds too is just with the different background we have, we realize that within, you know, this fitness space of people who really want to improve themselves and get better in some way, shape, or form, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of confusion around, you know, how to go about doing so um, in, in a good way that's going to promote longevity. And so I think with our backgrounds in powerlifting as well as bodybuilding and then me as a, a physical therapist, we, we really want um, to create a space where people can get the information they need to 
to thrive, um, you know, and to kind of take themselves up a, you know, a couple notches on the ladder as far as they can um, and as far as they're motivated to. So that's really our, our heart is just putting out good information for people. Yeah, and talking about knowledge and trends and knowledge, there is actually, you guys are promoting a, a, a workshop at Hidden Gym February 18th uh, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central. Tell us a little bit more what is the goal of this workshop, what you guys are planning to cover, I mean, some highlights that you, why should I go? And there is any specific target audience, is this just for pros, is this for amateurs or anyone? Oh, this is for anyone that wants to learn. Yeah, anyone wants to learn more. I mean, I think we, like Danny said, we kind of have a diverse set of backgrounds. So, you know, Danny is, I mean, she, she's being humble. She's saying she's a physical therapist, but she's really the only clinician, you know, PT, Cairo or otherwise, who does what she does with working with, with iron sport athletes and with bodybuilders. And she has a ton of insight to lend, and not just for people who are hurt and dealing with an injury, but to, you know, to anybody who wants to train hard, but train smart and, and stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy. Because, you know, anyone who, anyone who's competed realizes it's a long-term endeavor. And whether you're a competitor or you're just a lifer and you love training, you want to be able to stay healthy throughout throughout your training career, which is hopefully going to be decades long. It's kind of a lifelong pursuit, um, and I know we'll both be doing it long after we're done competing. Yeah. And um, I think you know, Dave has really really unique insight into the the workouts or the training, um, the training component itself. But I think one of the other big assets that he brings to this team um, is kind of the mental, I don't want to say like the mental pursuit, the mental aspect, but truly um, how to shift your mindset in a way that's going to set you up for success. Because like you mentioned, this is a long-term endeavor. Yep. And if you're not someone who, he's very process-driven, I'm very results-driven. Um, and I've really had to take a page out of his book with regards to learning how to show up for the process. Because the minute you lose the enjoyment of showing up and getting better day-to-day -day, um, and just kind of embracing truly again, the process, I think it's much harder to really stay the long game. And um, the long game is really where the results are going to come. So he's brilliant when it comes to training, but I think that everyone can learn a lot from his mindset and his general approach to um, the mental component of like motivation, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And then Justin is, um, Justin is brilliant. He has a master's degree in atomic physics. Um, he has worked in a clinical experience uh, or in a clinical background in a cardiac rehab unit, but he's also been around bodybuilding um, for quite some time. Um, he was one of the original kind of carb cycling coaches back in the day. And he actually is the one who got Steve Kuklo, who's going to be um, kind of speaking with us at this event. Um, he was the guy who got Steve really started training. Oh, um, nice. And Justin just nice. he has a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience that I think the younger coaches, you know, especially in, a, in an age where there's so much drip information from social media, Justin was one of the original kind of thinkers. Um, and he's someone that has really impacted us, not only in terms of how we think with regards to first principles, but even just in you know goal setting and how to kind of pursue what might feel like otherwise a lofty goal as well. Yeah. So I think just to kind of tie that all together, you know, to as far as what people can expect from the seminar, you know, I think it's going to be just a couple of hours of like good, actionable info on, on that you can go ahead and start applying to your training and your dieting right away. You know, in terms some of some PT. Yeah, a little bit of PT as well. Just rehab, prehab. Yeah, and I think we'll, we we tend to focus more on on concepts and techniques and principles over like you know specific prescriptions of well, if you're in this situation, you should do this. If you're in this situation, you should do that. So you know, there's kind of only so much bodybuilding you can cover in two hours, but there's a lot that you can cover. And so I think people will come away from it with a few things that can go ahead and apply to their training and nutrition and prehab, rehab right away. 
Um, and then, you know, I think the final, is it two and a half or three hours? Yeah, there's so. going to be a training session too. Yeah, there's a training session right after. So if you want to train legs with us. Oh, so it'll be a leg here. training? Well, that, well, we usually train legs on Saturday, so I'm assuming we'll be training legs. Well, we'll see. You can train anything. But either way, I mean, I think what's really cool is a lot of times, like, I've gone to seminars and I've listened to people speak. And I'm like, hey, well, that makes a lot of sense, but I need help applying it. I need help practicing it uh -huh. and making it happen. And so there's such a difference between knowing something in theory and actually doing it. Just today, I trained with a friend who, you know, my head knowledge knows how to feel muscle work, but he really helped me get into a position that really made the difference. Um, so I think the training um, training session is a great way to basically take the principles that hopefully we can equip people with and let them kind of put it into practice under um, some guided guided eyes. Yeah, it'll be fun, definitely. Yeah, because I was looking at some of the topics that you're gonna cover. It includes fat loss, competing, hypertrophy. So I guess that you guys already have a very good schema organized of who is gonna talk what, um, you know, type of uh, flow or is more Q&A type of uh, approach? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, I, I think seminars seem to go a little bit better when you have like a very general structure, but let, let the questions dictate the flow a little bit. I mean, we're not going to go off the rails on a tangent just because somebody asked a question mm -hmm. about something random, but, um, but yeah, we'll definitely take some audience audience input as far as what they want to hear. I think the big thing that we'll want for that day is once we see who's there and kind of get a better feel for what their goals are, we want to make sure that we're tailoring the information to them. You know, someone who um, has been training for 20 years is going to want something a little bit different from someone who's been training maybe three to five years, but also coaches. And so we have kind of a rough outline of principles we want to talk about, things we want to cover, but that needs to be further tailored to who's coming that day. Because if you're coming, we want to give you information that is useful for you. Mm -hmm. Makes so, sense. Yeah, and 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 the the challenge as a speaker probably is if you when you have an audience that is composed by so many different people with different backgrounds, you have to make sure that you are addressing everyone in a certain way. It's really hard, but possible, but hard, it's, right? It's so uh, hard. Yeah. yeah, I just spoke at a conference this fall um, that was geared towards anyone who does any sort of lifting. So I've got. <laughs> I have the pros in there. I've got power lifters. I've got strong competitors. I've got coaches, and I've got like strength coaches, and I've got personal trainers. I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to take what I do? Which really, my specialty is basically how do I make instead of giving someone like a rehab protocol, how do I make training the rehab? Because there's got to be some something that bridges between what you get at you know a clinic you walk into down the street versus getting back to training full time. Um, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, how do I take that and tailor it to so many different audiences? Because really, people do need different things. But I think our hope and our, our goal for anyone that we work with, either via coaching or that listens to our podcast that we run or anything, is always to equip with principles, first principles, um, so that you can take those principles and be equipped to kind of move forward and make good decisions. Yeah, there's a big hype nowadays uh, about mobility. Uh, is that something that you guys cover? Because... You know, I started training with Greg back in 2010, and I remember that 10 years ago, 12, 13, almost 13 years ago, wow, um, yeah. we didn't even talk about mobility at all. Uh, in bodybuilding space, yeah. in the bodybuilding world, no one was talking about mobility. Now, suddenly, everyone is talking about mobility. Yeah. You want to take that? <laughs> We could, we could definitely talk mm -hmm. about mobility. I mean, there's that's kind of like saying you're going to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to the grocery store to get? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you 
because mobility is such a function of, well, first off, people often think mobility. One of the first things they think is stretching or being tight. Um, but very often there's something that we're feeding our system that's creating that tightness. Um, and how that plays into... I think you froze. Did I lose you? We can hear you. Yeah, okay, you froze a little bit, but you can restart for now. Go ahead. Continue. I think that mobility, like mobility is a little bit like kind of walking into the grocery store where you walk into the grocery store and you don't really know what you're looking for until, or maybe you have a list and you know what you want. Mobility is very, very broad. And, um, you know, the way that I like to approach it is very often we want to see mobility improve, right? But we have to address the reason why things are tight or why your mobility might be restricted. And first off, people always think it's a tight muscle and that's not always the case. So probably what I'll do is break down different components that can contribute to decreased mobility, but then also look at, given what your mobility is, what would be a good way to select movements that are going to keep you healthy and while you're doing them, improve your mobility. So again, kind of use training as a process that makes you better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna add, I think it's funny how you say that you didn't hear much about mobility, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, it's become a little bit of a fad in the bodybuilding world to like obsess over mobility. I, I mean, I, there, there's always kind of a middle ground and mm -hmm. But I mean, well, Danny will harp on me sometimes because I think, well, I need more mobility or I need more range of motion in the movement. She's like, well, why? Like, you've gotten bigger. You shouldn't expect to be able to be just as limber in every position as you did when you You're, were 100 pounds lighter. He's not going to um, move the way a yoga instructor moves. Right. Like, <laughs> so it's, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to like poo-poo it because there are plenty of people who have mobility concerns, but they're specific. So it's like, Maybe someone, because of the way they sit all day or the way they drive a truck all day or whatever, maybe maybe their shoulder is a little bit, you know, I want to say immobile because because of maybe something postural or some of the ways that they're moving or sitting all day. And so that specific thing needs to be addressed. I just think it's silly how, and this is really bad among powerlifters too. Like you'll see people come into the gym and spend like 45 minutes to even an hour doing all these oh, yeah. drills. Beginning of a workout, I'm like, what is the point of that? Like, if a certain that's not preventing injury, you're just yeah. wasting your time. When I think more than that, to one other concept that I really try to coach into my athletes is that your your mobility needs to be phasic. Where, especially if you're a power lifter, because there are a lot of power lifters that head in the gym, and again, that's our background. That's how we met, actually. Um, when you're power lifting and you're getting ready for a meet, and you're you know two weeks out from a meet, you don't want to be doing more mobility work. You've spent a lot of time learning how to get tight underneath the bar so that you can hit squat depth so that you can basically press your bench press with stability and so that you can get to the bar um, for your deadlift. Mm -hmm. More mobility at that point might create instability to where your tissues like your muscles and your tendons and your ligaments aren't primed to hold 600 pounds in the bottom of a squat if you're squatting three inches deeper than you did your whole training cycle. So I think it's really important that people understand that they're going to have these kind of transient phases where they're more or less mobile, and that's so important and it's beneficial. Um, not to excuse being, you know, a, a complete. I'm I have the mobility of a Cheeto because mm -hmm. I don't I don't give myself the care that I give to my clients. Um, so I'm not excusing having the mobility of a Cheeto, um, but I think there's a time where Cheeto mobility isn't a bad thing. Yeah, and, and this uh, grew a lot also, um, as you said, among the powerlifters because I mean, just last year, for example, there was a whole session on the Squat University Instagram page uh, explaining how the, 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 the 
uh, world's stronger man got better after working on his mobility. I think, what's his name again? Martis, something like that, right? The, mm -hmm. uh, but it was a whole series of only mobility work for him to get better on his lift. So in, in powerlift, it's getting, in, in strongman too, he's getting a lot of attention. It is. And I think that mobility should always be important. However, it has to be combined with the, the neuromuscular control to support that range of motion. Um, a good example of this would be, again, a squat. Let's say someone is used to squatting like to 90 degrees and they're used to squatting 225. Let's say, just for random numbers, they start squatting four inches or three inches lower than that and they have more weight. That's now stress that their tissue isn't necessarily used to and that's often where injuries happen. And so. What I encourage people to do is once once they've improved their mobility, they need to learn to control that range from the neuromuscular standpoint and to prime your tissues, your muscles, your ligaments, and your tendons to support that weight within that range of motion. It's a little bit like if you write a document on a computer, you have to hit save. The mobility work in and of itself is kind of like the, the writing the document. Mm -hmm. And the practice of doing it loaded is like hitting save on that. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the analogy. <laughs> um, now let me <laughs> let me ask you something to Dave. Uh, I know that you also has a, a powerlift background, but Dave, how was the the transition from powerlift to bodybuilding? It was uh, very natural, or did you have to adjust a lot of your mindset uh, to not be so driven by lifting numbers and focus more on the movement? How, how, how was that? For me, it was a pretty natural transition. Honestly, I, I really always liked kind of bodybuilding style training more. Not that I exactly trained like a bodybuilder when I was powerlifting, but I always liked the powerlifting off season, which is, you know, more reps, more volume. Um, I just always enjoyed that way more than I enjoyed uh, like peaking for a meet. In fact, mm -hmm. I found the last few weeks of meet prep, I always found really just kind of like boring and like a combination of boring and anxious and painful because <laughs> when you're, you're like you're the like days you're like the least mobile and you're in like kind of a constant low level of of like joint pain and stress because you're lifting the heaviest loads and and I just felt like I wasn't making progress because at that point you really are just peaking for a meet to display the strength that you've been building but like bodybuilding really just kind of ticks all the boxes for me because it's really I mean it kind of like scratches the OCD itch that I have really because you, you can just focus on the process every day both in terms of diet and training and as far as training style goes, I had to shift my mindset maybe a tiny bit when it came to certain lifts. Like eventually I stopped barbell squatting because it just wasn't that useful for me. Mm -hmm. And then I've thrown it out like I, I mean, I was, I was a horrible bench presser. So not doing that was not big, not a big deal for me. Um, but you can still focus on numbers as a bodybuilder, which I do and which is a ton of fun. You just have to do it in the right context. You know, like instead of worrying about my like one rep squat under a barbell, I'm worried about my like 10 rep max of perfect reps on the hack squat because um, that actually translates to something on the stage yeah yeah and did uh and then did you have the same uh difficulty or transition mentality i i'm such a i'm a bro at heart <laughs> it's been a lot harder for me to step away from powerlifting. um i'm enjoying it but i think where if you think about powerlifting and bodybuilding really good sweet spot in the middle is you always want to get stronger no matter what. And I think what's kind of helped me be more okay with bodybuilding training has been 
seeking getting stronger, you know, really fighting for that one extra rep and kind of learning to stay in a really hard set. Um, I, I miss powerlifting, um, but I don't know that I will go back and compete again. And if I do, it'll be a while from now. I actually had a, a really big injury. Um, I tore my adductor longus tendon um, while I was squatting. And at the wow. time, yeah, it didn't feel great. Um, and at the time, um, every physician I talked to basically said they couldn't reattach it. They couldn't really do anything for me and kind of said, well, good luck squatting, you know, going forward. And as much as that may have seemed like a big, like, negative, that actually was the catalyst that made me start embracing other ways of training and enjoying the process a lot more. Um, and so it challenged my clinical brain in terms of, okay, what tissue we're looking at, what we're looking at mobility-wise, everything else. But I think it also kind of switched my brain into more of a bodybuilding style training, and that was very, very rewarding just to get stronger despite this big injury. But even with the bodybuilding training, I came back and I squatted a, a PR squat room, mm -hmm. 400 pounds at my last meet. So it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, and she's impressively gutsy because she's like, just to <laughs> That's clarify. That gets me in trouble. <laughs> just to clarify the injury, like plenty of us like had a little tweak in the muscle belly of an adductor and it's painful, but you get over it in a few weeks. Like I've had it and it, you know, it wasn't a huge deal. Her tendon snapped off of her pelvis and it never reattached well, it reattached down to the muscle. It never reattached to the bone. I had a I had a bone fragment that also somehow separated. And so when it first happened, every time it went to move, that bone fragment moved around in that scar tissue and kind of like reinforced. This sounds super so it, painful. It I've had more fun in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, like yeah. She has a high pain tolerance, but like we were in the ER and like they made her contort to take an x-ray like it, it was like 10 out of 10 pain i'm sure yeah. oh wow. but she still got almost 400 pounds of squatter to pr and you never fixed see. this like proper fix this you just let it heal on its own yeah and it, it really doesn't give me much trouble occasionally it does um but really for the most part and anyone that's been to hidden gym like you've seen dave and i train and like you've seen that we train really really hard um and i think i probably pace quite a few of the the guys in there um, and so I just hope people know that no matter what injury you have, again, this was the injury that every doctor I went to basically said, you're done. You're not squatting again. Wow. Um, Unbelievable. So my whole, my whole kind of platform has been, you can, you need to have hope and you need to have a plan, but don't give up hope because there's a lot of ways that no matter what's gone on, you can continue to move forward if you have the right tools. And so that's kind of my mission is to give people the tools that I needed and that I had and um, well, let's be honest. God. Let's be honest. It's not only about the tools. Uh, I think it's about the mindset. Because if you may have all the tools, but you, if you defeat yourself without even trying, or if you give up, you're done. You're literally done. Even if you have all the tools. That is a great point. Yeah. So and your your attitude was, I'm gonna find ways to to adjust, but I'm not gonna let this stop me. And not everyone has this this mindset. You know, it's really interesting is I think I got a lot better once I actually started to let go. Like you know, like, result. yeah, like I used to like, I used to be like, I want to come back, I want to squat, I want to, you know, set a PR, I want to, and, and I like banged my head into a wall. And I think once I actually stepped back, and this is really where Dave has been helpful. I mean, the best tool anyone can have is an awesome training partner. Like, period, full stop. Um, and you know if you've had a great coach, a great trainer, a great training partner, you know that having that person in your corner leaves such a tangible impact and tangible imprint, not only on your training, but on who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where 
as my husband, Dave was really able to kind of lead me through that and model by example what it looks like to to enjoy a process and kind of separate yourself and your self-worth from what you can accomplish. And I think that, especially for women in fitness and probably a lot of men too, there's a lot of interplay between our perceived self-worth and what we can do in the gym. Um, and so I think there was a lot of, that injury actually gave me a lot of freedom back once I stopped banging my head into a wall, kind of said, it's okay. Like, sis, you're gonna be all right. Yeah. Um, and just actually let Dave kind of bring me through that. So have a good person around you, it's important. But you never ever thought I'm done, right? Back in your mind, you oh. never thought you'd, I'm done. <laughs> I did. Did I totally you? Did. Oh, okay. Oh, For yeah, like totally five did. minutes, probably. <laughs> I mean, for like 30 seconds. No, I'm just kidding. No, I had, I had a really, really dark period where I felt really lost because this was my entire identity. I was, at the time, the only physical therapist that competed at the level that I do. I was, at the time, I think number two or number three in the United States in my weight class, and I was top 10 in the world. Um, and I was writing for another website called Elite FTS. I mean, this was, this was like I poured my soul into this. Yeah. And to feel like I just had the rug pulled out from under me, and it was because as I was squatting, um, a younger child ran right in front of me as I was in the hole with 315. <laughs> and I just lost my focus. I lost my visual line and um, lost my tightness. And it really felt like I had I had the, the rug torn out from under me. Um, and it was challenging for sure. And I definitely didn't think I was going to get back because every physician that I saw, again, had kind of said, we've never seen this before. We can't surgically reattach it for you. Good luck. Um, wow. But again, I think having a really good partner in your corner who who is willing to explore, like, okay, even if it is, even if your best is behind you, okay, what does that mean for you as a person? Mm -hmm. Like, well, it doesn't. But I still want to contribute to the world, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. Um, I think just kind of having that freedom from him actually kind of let me let go a little bit to trust the process, and that's done, uh, you know, wonders. So. Yeah. I just, I, and I know that when people get hurt, they always wonder, is my best behind me? Am I ever going to get back to where I want to go? Have I, have I peaked? And have I taken my last heavy squat, my last heavy deadlift, my last heavy bench? Am I never going to do that again? Those are really scary thoughts. Um, and I, I've, I've been there. And get scarier and, uh, with uh, time, because as you age, you know for a fact yeah. that some of the lifts and some of the numbers are truly behind you. And it is, and you have to understand that it is okay. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And at some point we will have taken our last squat and our last deadlift. Mm -hmm. But the internal process that happens with that is that either shakes who you are and makes you question, okay, well, what am I good for? Or you say, great, look what I was able to do and how can I, how can I channel my ability to do something really hard repeatedly and take that into another skill? So I think there's a lot, yeah. a lot to be said for that. Yeah, Justin always says that if um, if any bodybuilder who can get through a prep just applied that same work ethic and consistency to any money making endeavor, they could all be millionaires. It's so um, true. Yeah, and I think it's really true because I mean, I, I, obviously many businesses fail, but I think the reason why there aren't more successes is that there just aren't that many people putting that level of of dedication and just sheer consistency. Effort. In, into what they're doing, whether, I mean, it's anything, business, relationship, whatever. And it's probably why, I mean, honestly, like if you look at all competitors in bodybuilding down to the local level, most are not getting into fantastic shape. But anyone who does get into the real, kind of real shape that's expected at a, at a competition 
you can do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can testify on that because when I met Greg, I was um, obese, and uh, we worked together for me to lose 100 pounds, and and I compete for the wow. fir- first time. And uh, that year, losing 100 pounds, and, and then the year after prepping for a show changed my life completely. I started to be uh-huh. way more uh, disciplined. I started to enjoy a uh, hard uh, challenge. It was a completely change for the better. I would imagine that going from when you first started with Greg, do you, do you have any inclination that you would have ever gotten on stage? Oh, yeah, because I walk... Yeah. To the gym at that time, Greg had Metroflex Plano, and that was like 280 pounds, super fat. And I and my goal initially was, hey, I want to compete. And the mm. the, the awesome thing that I will never forget was Greg looking at me and uh, say, okay, let's do that. Work on a plan. So he never looked at me in a way that I felt that was impossible. So just by encouraging me on that day one. I'm like, whoa, he actually believed I can do it, right? So then we started on that day. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a three years plan because I it was one year weight loss, two year prep. So it was three years plan. So it's it, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How cool was that for you though? I mean, when you initially said that to him and you were like, Hey, I want I wanna compete. Was that one of those things that was actually hard to say out loud? Did you feel like you maybe were gonna be written off? Uh no, because growing up, I'm originally from Brazil. Growing up in Brazil, I was always a, a fan of bodybuilding, and uh, and then when I moved to US, I always had that uh, that desire. So to me, it was actually very cool to say that because I'm like, wow, I'm actually starting something that will change my life. So it it, it was it was it was all natural, uh, and and his encouragement changed everything. That's that's where. I hook into the role of having a good coach that can work you through the process, that can guide you and, and, and believe in you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you guys coach, right, as well? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, I do a little bit of everything. A lot of my, my clients are people who... I. It's going to sound really bad. I tend to kind of collect people who have had bad experiences with other coaches whether it's through injury or just not a great programming experience or great communication, I tend to kind of collect those. And then they end up staying with me for like years. Like I think I've got someone with me who's been, who's been with me three and a half years now. Um, and do, and do you like, do you, do it. you have it? No, but do you have any preference, for example, in training regular people versus contest spread people? Or does not matter? As long as it, my ideal client is someone who's gonna be honest with me about where they wanna go. There's nothing anyone can tell me or shoot for or aim for that either scares me or freaks me out in terms of like, oh, I've got the, you know, this weird situation. I'm like, okay, great. Um, you know, the biggest thing I think for any anyone who's looking to work with a really good coach is first and foremost, and you probably know this too, you need to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with that person. Yeah. Um, but that, that kind of two-way honesty is probably the biggest determinant of success, I think. Um, there's there's something very transparent and aligning about that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really important yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and Dave, for you, when you transitioned from powerlift to bodybuilding, did you have a, a coach to do this transition or you did everything on your own? 
Um, so uh, Justin, who's also doing a seminar with us, he's been our, I mean, he's been our business partner for about a year and a half, but he's been our coach since we started body for nutrition. Yeah. For, we, excuse me. For Yeah. For nutrition. Like we hired him in 2019 and started in an off season and went straight from there into our first prep. And we've just re-upped with him every year paying for a whole year of time since because he's just been a you know an amazing coach in that regard but as far as mm -hmm. training is concerned no i think um looking back i think for, for, at one time for like a few months i had someone doing some of my programming for powerlifting but other than that i've always just um done my own programming for training we love data collection <laughs> like we love we like we geek out over like god i wish people could hear our conversations on the way to the to the to and from the gym um but we geek out over like well did you ever think about how like changing your grip on this particular movement might affect either how well you connect or how it carries over into you know your deadlift or anything else and so we are huge nerds like we obsess over this stuff and I think it'd be really hard for either one of us to take our training, which is the thing that we love, and give the reins to anyone else for that, for better or for worse. Yeah, there's there's that. And um, also, I mean, I was just going to say on the topic of one-on-one -on -one coaching, like I, I don't do much of it. Um, I, I think none, none for training at the moment. Um, like, you know, a lot of Danny's clients have these pretty particular needs because they have some rehab, prehab they need to do. So she's really using her skill set that almost nobody else has to keep them healthy or get them healthy while also getting them stronger. Mm -hmm. For me, like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like poo-poo the idea of coaching because there are plenty of people doing a great, <laughs> great job at it. But with me, like I, as much as I like to nerd out over training, what you see on paper from me, what I have given people in the past is pretty simple most of the time. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I could get a little more complicated with it, but with so many people, it would progress pretty quickly from me giving them a lot of info and weekly feedback to looks great, add more weight or more reps next week. <laughs> and that's, I mean, like bodybuilding is all about just like kind of monotonous consistency. And I love it. And like, that's, I don't want to make that sound like a negative at all, but bodybuilding training can be so simple so much of the time. <laughs> and when it needs to get complicated, it can, like that's where someone like Danny comes, can come in or, or I could in some cases, but it's just like, I, it, I felt like I wasn't giving very much value to people who were paying me a good amount of money every month. Well, yeah, and, um, and the other thing is, if you think about uh, the big names from the 80s and 90s, Dorian 8 was, you know, the, the one of the best ones doing the basics in a, in yep. a very low-level gym with uh, not a whole lot of uh, fancy equipment. Same thing for Ronnie uh, at Metroflex. So they were doing the basics, just very well done and consistent. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I think we're, we're really trying to get out more content that can be digestible by a lot of people at once because as much as we're saying it's simple, there's plenty to learn. And I think a couple of better ways oftentimes to learn those things are either in person from something like a seminar and especially if you just have a good community at your gym that mm -hmm. can kind of, because again, like training is a lifelong thing. You're going to keep learning over a long time and it's yeah. great to have like an actual community of people around you. And I think Again, I don't want to like poo-poo the idea of coaching because it's part of what we do for you know for for a living and part of our business. But I think in the social media era, we've that that like gym culture has kind of been lost. It's like it's yeah. really growing in some places, and then in others, you'll have a lot of people who are kind of isolated. Like I mean, I remember I've been I've been at a couple great powerlifting gyms where a lot of the people wanted to participate in that community, but you'd also have people there who were still hiring a coach online that they'd never met in person when they had people all around them 
who could give them excellent advice and help them implement it for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or I say for free, I mean, not, nothing's free, but like, you know, you, you give, you, you get what you, what you put into it. So like you put your energy into the community and you get so much out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, I, I think a lot of people have actually, like my, my Instagram has been growing a lot. People have been reaching out to me fairly often saying, do you coach? And I keep telling them, like, no, I'm, I'm just going to put out some programs because again, at the end of the day, like I can give you a program that you could literally progress for months with a little bit of help here and there. Like, Hey, can you watch my video? Watch my technique. That's the kind of thing that I want to highlight too that Dave talks about training like it's very very simple and it is and it can be but um, his success and his growth has been extraordinary and what were you for your first show he was classic you were what 192 well well the cap ended up 180 that's a funny story but yeah I was about 190 in shape shredded and that was in 2020 and in 2023 so three years long time but not that long his stage weights this year is probably going to be what two two fifty two fifty five probably two sixty wow. actually. Wow. So he's put on. You think about how much stage weight that actually is, and that's not just like weight gain. I mean, that's like again, you think about tissue, like muscle tissue has he has put on. So he talks about training like it's very simple, but I, I really hope that people hear that um, this is coming from someone who has had an extraordinary success and near perfect off seasons. Um, where he has maximized potential growth. I mean, really to, again, probably the 99th percentile or more. Um, And so if someone can have that level of success and keep things simple, um, I think that that's a really, really powerful thing. And that's someone that like, if I... If I were someone who did not know Dave, but I was following him, I saw his progress, I'd be like, whatever he's doing, I want in on that because it's working. Yeah. Well, Yuri, I like the point you made too about Dorian and Ronnie because those are the two people that I think of immediately too. Yeah. And actually Justin cites this all the time because people, of course, he does mainly nutrition coaching, but people ask him a lot of training questions and he has training programs out there. And he's like, look, look at Ronnie. He did literally the same program for like 20 years. You can see it in videos because his videos clearly show the same program throughout his entire career. He had like chest workout with dumbbells, flat dumbbell pressing, climb dumbbell press, et cetera, chest workout with barbells. Repeat for like two, so like two (laughs) rotations for each of like four sessions, just repeat. Squat and leg press, squat and leg press and lunges sometimes, you know, leg extension, you know, all all the basics. And a lot of yeah, buddy. Yeah. A lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, it's it's amazing because uh, nowadays people are like with all those uh, fads, uh, machines doing a lot of uh, things and and try to impress, saying, "Oh no, this is going to achieve." You know, they, it's like okay, that's beautiful, but I don't think it uh, even for the muscle density and maturity, it, it doesn't achieve the same level as Ronnie and and, and Dorian. You know. I think when you look at someone like Ronnie train too, the most cool, like the coolest thing about his training is he loved to train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was no like, oh, let me be overly cerebral and break this down. I mean, he did what he needed to do, but you could tell that he just had so much love for training. Yeah. And, and that's why he, I, even today, with all the difficulties that he is facing, he's still going to the gym because he loves training. He always said that. Did you hear that? He did an interview and somebody, I don't remember who did the interview, but they asked him, <laughs> Um, do you have any regrets from your career? And you, if, if, you, if you didn't know him or if you didn't know of him, you might think his answer was going to be something about training too heavy because now he's like, you know, on crutches or in a wheelchair a lot of the time. Yeah, he's had a lot of orthopedic problems. But no, his answer was, 
That time I squatted 800 for two, I wish I'd gone for four. I was a coward. Back then. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was, uh, it was actually on Netflix, that documentary about him. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so it was amazing. Yeah. So, and that's totally Ronnie, right? I mean, it's just awesome. All right, guys. So it, this was very enlightening. And uh, I really hope to see you all at the seminar. I'll, I'll be there. I think it'll be a, a great time for everyone. Uh, to join so just a reminder um, this will be February 18 is a Saturday start 10 a.m. and go all the way to 3 p.m. make sure to to register uh, at hidden gene website and uh, if you are listening to this episode after the, the seminar you can always follow uh, David and and, uh, and Danny what is your your Instagram so people can follow you um, mine's just just my name with no spaces at David La Martina, no space between the, the first and last. And I am at Danny La Martina DPT. DPT. Um, if anyone listens to this before the seminar and there's a topic you'd like us to cover, drop a comment. Yeah, please do. Because we really want to make sure that we get to the content that's important for you. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Yuri. We appreciate you. All right, everyone. This is a wrap for today's episode. Uh, thank you for, very much for your time. Stay tuned. We have much more to come.